Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show. Thanks for staying with us into our guest segment, and I hope you enjoyed the intro. That was pretty eye-opening, wasn't it? Well, we're going to have an eye-opening segment here with an unidentified airline employee whose airline is not going to be identified either because, let's put it this way, longevity of employment would be jeopardized. And uh, I have heard from a number of airline employees, everybody from flight attendants to pilots, and they're really, really concerned about the direction airlines are going with regard to uh, health and safety protocols, with regard to COVID. And we know that there are other pathogens that could be on the way. And you're going to hear that some of these agreements that these employees are basically giving informed consent to, although I have a problem with that, we'll identify that. You're going to hear very clearly that this is very draconian, flying as if it hasn't become tough enough with the advent of the TSA and their grope and feel policies. We are about ready to enter a new era of airline travel. And uh, I actually think the industry is going to collapse because most of the public flies, it's discretionary, um, it's voluntary, it's not by business. And I think that uh, the airlines are going to really have a problem. The government's going to have to spend a lot of money to keep them afloat. And when you hear what's coming, you're going to agree. Hey, before we start with our unidentified guest, need to let you know that there are two things out there that you should be doing. If you have assets to protect, you need to do what I did. Well, I went from, first of all, being just an advertiser for this company to a customer. And I'm talking about Noble Gold. And Noble Gold reallocated my assets in such a way that when the hit comes, it's not if people, you can't be $33 trillion in debt. You can't have the IMF take your currency off as the world reserve currency and not expect hyperinflation at some point. It's coming. And when it comes, if you're not diversified through various holdings, you will live to regret the day. You'll go through what my mom's side of the family went through when she was a young girl, and they went from riches to rags. And you're going to find yourself in the same boat. So what you need to do is diversify. Most people don't have the expertise in knowing how to do it. Noble Gold does. Their no-pressure approach is really the way that I prefer to do business. And you can give them a call at 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. Additionally, I'm really concerned about the food supply. The Suez Canal, the meat packing plant still closed, the killing off of massive amounts of cows. I mean, that's still going on. Ladies and gentlemen, our food supply chain is a mess. And when hyperinflation hits, that will end the ability to buy food. But we are already seeing food inflation in the pipeline. Smaller packaging, higher prices. Folks, it's already there. I told you about the time my wife went into Safeway in Surprise, Arizona, suburb of Phoenix, and there was no milk in this huge store. The signs are starting. It's like the music from the movie Jaws. It's like it's approaching, you know it's coming. So you need storable food. MPS has the best storable food in the world, the best prices. There's specials that you can go to and find at preparewithdave.com. 25-year shelf life, 2,000 calories per day, lots of diversity in the food. It tastes great. I tasted this stuff. It's really good. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And if you want to make sure you're going to get through this process and have food as one of your prep supplies taken care of, 
you need to act immediately because the warning signs are all there. The chest pains before the heart attack are in place right now. So go to preparewithdave.com. That's preparewithdave.com. Well, this particular show is something that really needs to be done because not enough attention is being paid to this. You're going to have to make some decisions this summer whether you're going to put up with onerous restrictions on your air travel or you're going to bite the bullet, pay a little extra for gas, well, a little extra, whatever Biden allows this final fuel prices to arrive at. I mean, we're over $3 a gallon here in Arizona. In California, they're approaching $5 a gallon. So it's going to be tough to drive to your destinations. I'm not going to lie to you. But when you hear what the airlines are preparing for here, a lot of you are going to second guess your intention to fly. So let's welcome our guest, unidentified employee from an unidentified airline. But uh, she is the real deal. We've been able to verify that. I've had off-air conversations with her. And I think you're about ready to have your eyes open. So welcome to the show. I'm glad you, you could join us. And um, <laughs> I just want to say that I was most disturbed by your revelations when you first contacted me by email. And I was even more disturbed when we talked to, uh, with regard to uh, some of the things you discovered in your employee-based training. So where do you want to start with this? I, I'm just going to kind of leave the ball in your court. Uh, well, um, as an airline employee, it's definitely you see the frontline things happening and rolling out. Um, as far as number one, you can't go to an airport now without wearing a mask, and and they have really cut. They on the airplane, they literally say an announcement: "We will remove you off the airplane if you do not keep the mask over your nose and mouth." And anymore they were giving warnings and now they're not really giving any warnings they're just going to have some authority meet the flight and take care of whoever's not complying which <laughs> where's the freedom anymore well it's interesting too so, because here in arizona we have re removed our mask mandate so that almost seems like a meaningless yeah. gesture you, you fly into i don't know where your airline flies exactly all the destinations but um, if you were to fly into Phoenix in Sky Harbor Airport, um, you're in a state with no mask mandate. Right. Well, I just um, flew a trip to Florida, and I thought the state would be open. Um, one of the counties that I landed in, uh, very strict, um, there were signs that said that if you do not comply, here's the report hotline number. Um, if somebody is not wearing their face covering or social distancing, call this number and to report them. Oh, my God. I'm like, this is Florida, and this is immediately when you walk outside the airport. It was in West Palm Beach um, Airport. So I was surprised by that. So you just kind of feel that, that um, the weight of, like, man, this control that's happening. And... So that's why everywhere you fly, you just don't know what to expect because everywhere you go, it's a little different every city. Some are more strict, some are not. And um, so, yeah, it's insane. Um, and then recently, if you want me to share that I 
did uh, computer-based programming. Yeah, computer I want. I definitely testing. want to go there. So let's let's go yeah. with the employee training because that really gives you some hint as to the intentionality of the airlines. As far as what the training? Yeah, the the training that you were telling me about. Oh. I think really points to the direction the airlines is going because they're going to do this mm -hmm. with their employees and folks you're going to be shocked at what you hear um, clearly the flying public is going to be subject to the same level of tyranny yeah so I just um, completed a computer based thing that we are required to complete in order to continue to fly and within that it was telling us about all the COVID restrictions. Um, some of the things were on airplane, as far as um, flight, well, crew, eating or drinking in the galley, they are supposed to eat alone and sip their beverage or take a bite in between covering their face. And we always try to have to keep our distance on the plane, which is impossible you're on a plane and but anymore they don't want you in the galley with another co-worker if you're going to eat and then um uh some of the things that i uh and then the announcements that they make oh well let's go also on layovers they don't want you to um spend any time with crew they want you to eat alone be by yourself on layovers um and I've heard that if you've been exposed, another flight has been exposed and supposedly gotten COVID, then everybody then is called and questioned about did you, what did you do, do on your layover? How much time did you spend with this other person? And you can possibly be um, quarantined at your hotel for the two weeks before you're allowed to get home unless you get a rental car and drive home yourself. So this is what's happening wow. to crew. That's amazing. So and when you get to your destination, I just want to make sure I understand this right. They expect you to totally isolate. No human contact. Is that what I'm hearing? Pretty pretty much. They're letting us know. They don't want us to have any, you know, they want us to stay, do eat out alone. And, and then they're going to ask you, well, if you did hang out with the other flight attendant, were you wearing your mask? Were you social distancing? And if you didn't comply to that, then there's possible disciplinary action. And with this test that I did, this COVID restriction test, at the very end where they had us sign, read and sign it, um, if you fail to comply to any of those, it is ground for termination. I'm like, who? So anymore like if you were to try to post on social media that you were with another flight attendant on the layover your job is threatened so you feel like you have no you can't you have to almost I mean you just how are you gonna <laughs> it's, it's just all crazy no it, it is um, absolutely insane uh, I remember you told me in, in our pre-air discussion about the fact that when you arrive at the hotel that you have to socially distance from each other and wear a mask at the hotel. Yeah, so um, from the entire time you're on the plane to exiting the air, um, airport, when you're on the hotel van, you cannot remove your mask. 
Um, and then when you get to the hotel, they literally handed us the sheet of paper. This is in West Palm. They handed us the sheet of paper. It was at a Hilton hotel, and which I'm not supposed to share that. But there. <laughs> um, and so on that paper from the hotel, they said you every public area you must wear a mask. You have to have a face covering on at all times. Um, even if you're in a state in a with no. Room, let me ask you this: even if you're area, in a state. With no mask mandate, you still have to wear a mask? That's according to this hotel that we stay at. Um, So they said any public setting, you must wear a face covering. And and so you literally feel like, you know, you can't, you know, you're uh, suffocating because you can't breathe. I mean, you're in fresh air and you can't even enjoy the fresh air. You've been on an airplane all day and then you walk out and you have to maintain the distance and wet mask wearing and so what I did I, I just carry a bottle of water with me and drink my water all the all day long <laughs> well I didn't even wear the mask once I signed in went to my room and then left my room to walk around I never wore the mask the rest of the day because I'm like no way but you see people walking around with mask in Florida on a bike ride running with a mask on I'm like this is this is how many people are believing in the lie and um, so, so let's say you were in Florida and you were to go to a spring training baseball game just for the sake of argument mm-hmm. uh, and no mask mandate there in Florida you would uh, have to wear a mask to that game um, well I don't know for a fact on that I think in certain you know according to each county is different but I will say that when I left the hotel and walked I walked about four miles around the area and just took pictures of all the signs. Um, There's a a mall area nearby. You can't go into any of the stores unless you have a facial covering on. I even stopped and asked some security guards on bike. You know, I'm like, what is this? I thought there was a no mask mandate here in Florida. Can I go into these stores without a mask? Oh, no, no. You have to wear a mask when you go in there. I said, but I have a medical condition. Oh, you still have to wear a mask. I'm like, okay. So I went into Cheesecake Factory for um, to grab some order salad ahead of time. It was a to-go order. Walked in there without my mask, and they about flipped out. They're like, ma'am, ma'am, you have to have a mask on. And I said, well, I don't, what? I said, I don't have one. And they said, well, here, let me give you one. And I said, well, I don't, I have a medical condition. And so they're like, well, okay, well, then social, keep your distance from everybody. And so then I went and sat in the lobby area waiting for my salad. And I'm like, this is insane. You know, this is supposed to be an open state, apparently, but according to counties, it's not. Yeah, but it goes to show something else, too, um, how easily people are enslaved and how willing they are to bow down to tyranny. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. It's not about our safety anymore. It's about people. No, and if the mask works, this is the one thing, and I like to say this to everyone I interview on this. If the mask works and someone's wearing their mask, what does it matter what you're doing? Right, right. And the thing that concerns me with my job, well, if the mask works, for one, you can, I can smell like if somebody's, you know, has food on the airplane and they're eating, I can smell everything through my mask pretty much. However, you know, they want us to double mask. Well, they're not saying we have to, but many are um, at work. No. And so. To me, this is a safety issue because if 
we are there for the safety of if that plane um, has any mechanical or is about ready to go down. We need to be able to smell fumes, smoke. We need to be able to smell all of that to know that, you know, this is not normal. But if we have a mask on, how are we going to be able to um, pick up on some of the smells that, you know, we're the eyes, ears, and nose of the pilots that are up front that may not be able to know what's going on in the back and we're there for the safety of the people. But if we can't do a lot of these things and the mask cuts off your oxygen supply, I found that when I was, after we did the like five minute service, because all we hand out is um, bags of water with snacks, um, I sat down and then I just was reading and you find you're getting sleepy because you're cutting off your oxygen supply. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is middle of the afternoon when I shouldn't be tired. Um, and then I noticed the other place, the other gal was coughing because she's double masked. Well, hello, because you can't, you're breathing in your own carbon dioxide. So, you know, none of it. <laughs> but I mean, it just, so it cuts, there's so many harmful things that the mask is doing to a person. And, and uh, so... This is uh, beyond insanity. It really is. This is uh, absolute craziness. Double masking and. Um, oh yeah. And when I removed my mask just to take a drink of water, it was dirty. I'm like, within ten minutes, your mask is dirty and you're breathing in your own bacteria. Sure, so it's sure, like this sure. is insane. Yeah, I interviewed a guest recently, uh, Jamie Walden, and. He came in and was by the hostess stand, and they were 10 feet away from where they were going to be seated. And they said, no, you have to put on your mask to walk that 10 feet. That's how insane people are today. People are absolutely crazy. They're a bunch of sissies that won't stand up for their rights. They enforce things Mm -hmm. that make no sense. I mean, the people who are vulnerable, we know who they are. And this is the only time in history we've ever quarantined the healthy. And a mask is a form of quarantine. Oh, yeah. So right. th- this is absolute nuts. Well, this, let's let's talk about what happens when you go on the plane, and let's say let's talk about what a flight attendant's expectations would be. What what is now changed about how flight attendants could do their job? I'm sure that's come out in the training. Um, yes. Can I just add one thing from about the mask thing? I just found what I was looking for. The um, is your mask a safety hazard? So this is, there's on Instagram, there's the airline workers against masks and they want us to document and report um, these things. Um, so with a mask, you're unable to smell suspicious, dangerous odors. You have impaired vision because if you wear glasses, it fogs up your glasses and um, labored and hindered breathing, heat exhaustion, because when I was in, you know, any hot destinations, I mean, you can't, you're suffocating in that mask. Um, problems clearly communicating to others. So if you have to shout commands, if you have to, you know, somebody has a medical, you're not going to be able to hear them. Uh, do you have to get too close to strangers to communicate? And for me, I read lips, and so I can't hear half the time when people are mumbling up in their mask, so that's a problem. Can you discern just suspicious characters from people in crisis? 
And for one, they want us to identify suspicious behavior with sex trafficking, things like that. Well, how are we going to identify when everybody's covered up? And are you concerned with what dangers can be hiding in the mask? So as crew, they want, you know, we should be documenting these things, you know, every trip. So, but um, as far as what has changed since this whole thing as a flight attendant, um, well, so when we first get on the plane, we have to, you know, scan and then they want us to remove our mask so they can identify that we are uh, match our ID. And, uh, and so then, um, what, once we're on the plane, um, let's see what is different. I mean, just even we, we, uh, do our, um, briefing ahead of time, but everybody's kind of distanced, you know, you're standing far apart cause you can't be close. But yet you're walking down an aisle full of, and flights are full these days. I mean, they're back to being full. My flight was full. We didn't have the last row to sit and because it was full with certain seats open, you know, but pretty full. Uh, the announcements that they make are ridiculous. One of the announcements is um, even though you may have been vaccinated or had your PCR test, you still need to wear a mask, and that includes covering your nose and mouth and keeping social distance when you can. I'm like, oh. And Wait a minute. When you're 18 <laughs> inches or less from the person next to you, <laughs> how so do you maintain then, social distance? Are you going to tie people down on top of the plane? I know. And when people deplane, they make an announcement. We need row one to get up first. Everybody else needs to wait and, and allow the first, like, one – to three rows exit first and then you can you know they try to stay six feet apart i'm like how do you stay six feet apart when you've been sitting right in front of that other person right behind that other person like 18 inches apart hasn't anyone pointed out to these administrators how ridiculous and inconsistent this is oh i know yep do you not have a union for the airlines uh no some do we don't Okay, because nope. I, you know, of course, I, unions are absolutely worthless in this area now. Anyway, from what I understand, yeah. but, but I, but right. I, I still, I mean, you're sitting next, right on top of someone, so it's okay because they're making the profit now. But as soon mm -hmm. as you get out of your seat, all of a sudden, social distance matters. Like COVID won't attack you if you're sitting in an airline right. seat, but the moment you stand up, watch out. I know, right? Just like going to a restaurant. As long as you're sitting down, everything's good. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, it's like Jamie Wall. You can't walk 10 feet to your table. Got to put a mask on. Uh -huh. But as soon as you sit down, you don't have to have the mask on. I mean, this is this is called trained monkeys for the circus. That's what, what's uh -huh. happening here. And right. you know, we've covered this on the show. This, this, this is not about COVID. This is about turning uh -huh. you into a mindless slave bowing to the authority of the state. Right. But the airlines the seem like they're really taking the lead in being arbitrary. Is that the feeling your employees have? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're starting with, um, yeah, the draconian rules. When you go to airport, it's like another country you're in. You have to comply or you will be um, arrested. Or I don't know what they're doing to people that are, that the authorities meet the flights, and I don't know what happens after that. But I'm sure they're fined or just, I don't know. Um, but 
Well, I guarantee you, a lot of people are going to do what my family's doing. We're not flying. Mm-hmm. You know, we, yeah. we we used to like to go to Hawaii. We're not going to Hawaii. Well, from my understanding is, well, right now to go to Hawaii, um, as a crew, we can, um, as long as we're working the flight, we can go there without taking a PCR test. However, the key catch is that you cannot leave your hotel room at all when you're in Hawaii for 24 hours. And you can maybe go get food, but if you don't have any proof that you've had a COVID um, PCR test, then there's a possibility you can get a $5,000 fine, is my understanding of what I'm hearing. And and so, what, you have to carry something on you if you're going to walk the beach that you have um, had the test done. So, but if crew decides to take the test, then they're free to roam around once they get there. Otherwise, mm-hmm. if you refuse to take a test, you're quarantined to your room. So. And all for a virus that kills and, less than yeah. one-tenth of one percent of the I population. Know. I know. And they're saying it'll come down to where you're going to need a vaccine then if you're going to fly to Hawaii. So there's certain destinations, because when I ask, you know, you know, with my job, when I fly, am I going to, um, are you going to require the vaccine? And, of course, if you go on um, our website, it says, have you been vaccinated? Please let us know uh, what your plans are for vaccinating. Well, they're telling you don't have to. Then why do they need to know what your plans are? I know, but they're promoting it. They they're highly encouraging it. That's what they say. We are highly encourage you to do this. Um, so what it's going to come down to, you know, there's going to be those that are vaccinated will be able to go to certain destinations, and those who are unvaccinated can only basically fly domestic. Um, so if you look at the places that have PCR tests, like to go to like Alaska, Hawaii, any international and anywhere like outside of the U.S., they're requiring the PCR test. So, so is Alaska requiring uh, the, the, these, uh, is, that, is that a tough state? PCR test. Yeah, I didn't know that. I think it's for passengers. They are for crew. They are not. What's the difference? But I think for passengers. Whoa, wait a I'm, minute. I, I don't get thing. it. How can how why are the requirements there for passengers but not for crew? They're saying crew can't transmit when you fly over Alaska. I know, right? <laughs> it's just there's always a loophole. They're gonna try to, you know, because they want, yeah. There's no rhyme or reason to anything that's being said or done, and um, and I was funny because I was in the airport like this last week and another crew member who I hadn't seen and I don't even know who the person was he had a mask on and he's like hey and I'm like hey like I did not know who he was anyway the first thing he asked me was like have you gotten vaccinated yet and I'm like uh no nor will I (laughs) he's like oh I just got my first um vaccination it was Moderna I'm like well planning a funeral out funeral in my head because I'm not going to be here much longer. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you for a lot of reasons uh, that we won't get into in this interview, but right. but uh, right. there, there are problems coming, and, um, oh, yeah. and people are doing this at their own peril. You know, I used to teach um, research at the university level, and we used medical modeling for our curriculum, and 
I know the protocols inside and out because I just dealt with them for so long. And one of the protocols is, first of all, you have to do uh, lab testing. I'm sure they did that. You have to do animal testing. They didn't do that. Right. And then you have right. to do human volunteer testing, and they didn't do that either. The public are the test subjects for both animal and all human. Right. And then they We're say, the yeah, they say, well... The, the, the vaccine's 95% effective. Wait a minute. They haven't had the time to determine that. Mm -hmm. I mean, they... There's no data to show exactly. um, that it's safe and effective. Or, or it works. Oh. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Um, and so here you've got businesses like the airlines say, we're highly encouraging this. Based on what? Based on what? Mm -hmm. Based on what data... It, it's like listening to Fauci every 30 seconds. If you don't like his answer, 30 seconds later, it'll be right. something else because it's not based on data. Right. And and yep. research and stat are in my wheelhouse. I know what I'm talking about here. And this is the biggest fraud ever perpetrated upon the world. Mm -hmm. Ever. Now, not yep. saying that people who aren't obese, diabetic, asthmatic, have heart conditions and cancer, and over the age of 65 aren't at greater risk. They are at greater risk no question but mm -hmm. they've got other conditions that can kill them too and there, there was a case I, I talked to a doctor very early on in the crisis and he said Dave I had to contact you because the fraud is on and I said what do you mean and this mm -hmm. is when I first found out they were paying for COVID diagnoses and COVID death and he said I had right. a stage 4 kidney failure patient who was the result of diabetes and they were within days of dying and on the day before they died, they suddenly tested positive for COVID, and they listed that as the cause of death. This is typical. Mm -hmm. Yep. So this has just been one big scam, except it, for the population group I just mentioned. And it just blows my mind that people, every you know, before is everything's COVID-related, but now the vaccine, if somebody dies from that, then it's, it's not the vaccine. It's not if reported. No, no, it's not reported. No, no. Listen, I had a doctor t ask me, says, are you going to get the vaccine? No. You need to get the vaccine. No. Why won't you get the vaccine? I said two reasons. The efficacy data is, is not long enough to ensure that the claims they're making are accurate. In other words, incubation periods and so forth and so on. I said, it's not long enough. I said, second of all, I said, there's no contraindications. I said, this is going to be the first medical treatment in the history of medicine that it's good for everybody and bad for nobody. I said, that's not realistic. Mm -hmm. I said, no medical treatment works that way. And he said, well, obviously there's no problems. That's how brainwashed this doctor was. Right, and that's when you find the doctors that you can trust are the ones that are being censored and speaking out and putting their job on the line. And the ones that are not are getting paid and they're gonna promote this propaganda. Um, so that's where you find out the doctors you can trust. Well, I want to go back to the, the, the employees yeah. on an airline. Okay, so they're on the airliner, mm -hmm. and you had shared with me some of the uh, ridiculous restrictions they're under. Can, can you go through that with our audience? The restrictions as far as... Um, well, one was about, you know, the rules when you eat and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember some of the others now that you... <laughs> well, let, me, to, let, me, um, let me jog your memory. One of the things I remember you yeah. told me, was that you had to wear, if you were a flight attendant or a pilot on a break or whatever, or you were just flying and a representative of the airlines, but if you were on the airliner and you're an airline employee, mm -hmm. you have to wear the mask 
between bites of food. Right. That's yep. what, That's so, a story I've repeated many times. Yeah, and that was in our uh, computer-based training. Um, I was trying to pull that up for you so I can read it verbatim, but basically you, when you're eating, you cannot be in the galley with another crew member, and you have to, when you take a sip of water, you have to remove your mask for the amount of time it takes to sip the water and then put your mask back on in between, in between bites, in between sips, which is... How long are they giving you to eat? I mean, the length of the flight? I mean, that's ridiculous. Well, yeah, it's according to like, you know, so usually after the service, then you can go into the galley and eat. Um, But yeah, where's the other flight attendant going to go? You know, without, they'll just what, go to the front of the airplane next to the other flight attendant who's probably eating. I don't know. You know, it's none of it. And then passengers are eating on the flight. Oh, and this is funny. So they're like, as soon as you do the service, don't go into the aisle for a good 15 minutes because passengers have their mask off and they're going to be eating and drinking. You have to wait until they're done and have their mask safely back on them before you walk through to pick up trash. I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, so <laughs> wow. it's all insane. What kind so, of restrictions do they put on the pilots? Is there anything unique there? You know, I think that from my understanding is when they're flying the plane, I don't know if they're even supposed to be wearing it because because of the oxygen, you know, their lack of oxygen. So um, I haven't personally asked a pilot just from what I've heard other flight attendants talking about that during the portion of the flight where they're actually either take off and landing, they're not supposed to be wearing the mask. Because it's, you know... Um, there was something else you told me too in our um, pre-air conversation yeah. that really got my attention. So you walk up to a person on the plane and they're not having their mask on correctly or they don't have it on at all. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned something to me about you'll tell them and you have the ability to put them on the no-fly list. How does that happen and where does the legal authority come from to do that? Well, first of all, there's no legal authority. It's just a fear-based mandate. And that they do follow through. Um, So technically they're supposed to have like three warnings. The third warning, you bring them like a violation card that they're violating um, the mask federal or whatever they call it federal mandate and um, and at that point um, you know well one of my, my manager had told me that you really have to when you um, are flying you really have to figure out you know how best to handle when the passenger's not wearing their mask um, and use your discretion on when you would have to then report it to the pilot that they're not complying, and then the pilot would call ahead and have authorities meet the flight. Um, but so basically, you give them, you know, fair warning. Um, but then I've heard other flight attendants, they don't even give warnings. They're just like, I'm tired of people not complying, and they're just going to go ahead and let the pilots know that somebody's not wearing their mask. And so it just kind of depends on the crew and how. Um, tolerant they're going to be of the whole mask, Nazi mask 
mandate thing. So. Yeah, Nazi is a good word for this, but um, ending up on the no-fly list. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, did yeah. I understand so you correctly in our other conversations yes. that you yeah. uh, will tell people yep. you'll be on the no-fly list? Yes. That was one of the announcements that they make during the flight, that if you do not comply with the mask wearing your over your nose and mouth, you know, not just your mouth, but and your nose, then you can be placed on a no-fly list where you will then never be able to fly the airline again. So, um, Is, yeah, and, so and I'm assuming that's, that's the general no-fly list. This would apply to all airlines. Yep, yep. Um, it, it would probably just be our airlines. Um, I think each airline, it could be just according to just flying on them alone because I don't think they can prevent you from flying on another one but I think you know it I would think it would be just on the one that they're currently flying well not if the authorities get involved um, yeah, unless yeah unless they get involved and yes you're right so um, so I haven't don't know absolute on that end like is it for all airlines I don't know for sure about that so it could be my goodness. Um, everything is, but it changes every day. So, like, it could be today and not tomorrow. <laughs> How about ground crew members? They have to work their eight-hour shifts wearing their mask entirely, correct? Yes. Yeah, and think about that when they're loading bags and how hot it gets underneath the cargo in the in the hot destinations. Um, like, that's suffocating. I mean, it's bad enough getting on an airplane. Um, and just when I was doing a Florida flight, I mean, it was hot, and I was like, and even walking through the airport, I'm like out of breath. I'm like, I literally have to pull my mask away from my face just to catch my breath. And so for those that are doing more like manual work, like hard labor, like that are loading bags and stuff, you know, how many of them are actually complying when they're under there? I don't know. But in order to breathe, you kind of have to remove your mask. So, um. But yeah, but yeah, you see everybody at the airport wearing it, and then you see a lot of passengers kind of just sitting in the gate area with it just over their mouth, you know, because so many are over it and don't believe the fact that it does anything, that they're just complying just so they don't get in trouble. What about the effects on the morale? Are airline employees communicating their displeasure with these regulations with each other? Well, that's kind of a touchy subject because you don't know who you can trust. And they can, you know, take a picture of you. They can, um, you know, that's where you just kind of unspoken. You don't really talk a lot about it because you don't know if somebody's going to then turn you in like, oh, well, she doesn't agree or she doesn't want to comply. Um, so it's a very touchy kind of like you have to be careful who you're talking to um, and what you say. I mean, that's with anything anymore with the, the diversity inclusion thing, too. It's like you can't even... Yeah, let's go there. Yeah. This is amazing. You were telling me about this computer-based training for, you know, you have to wear your mask between bites and drinks and so forth. Mm -hmm. And then you told me, but they also had diversity inclusion, which has absolutely nothing to do with COVID, but they just had to stick it on there because they're so woke. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about what you saw in the diversity inclusion so one of the computer-based trainings that we did was 
we had to look at pictures of different people, some with tattoos, some of another um, ethnicity. And then it had multiple choice questions on how does it make you feel when you look at this person? So some of the multiple choice questions were like, do you have anxiety? Do you have intimidation? Do you have anger? Do you have, um, you know, just all this, you know, so you're like, man, how I, we're almost, and you have to complete this training. So it's like, you're trying to answer it. So it doesn't go against you later on, you know, like, how would they want me to answer this question? Cause I just feel like it would put me in a category over here, even though I don't have prejudice about any of these people, but it's, it's causing that division within the airline. Um, so basically it was asking you to judge every picture of that person you're looking at. And then, um, then part of it was a transgender that they had speaking. It was a man, you know, man, now a woman, and they were sharing how they're accepted and how they're, um, just thankful to be here and all this other stuff. So like, ugh. you know, so they just want, you know, and as a Christian, I'm like, you know, we can't speak out or speak truth. They can say anything they want and it's acceptable. Yeah, but if we say anything, yeah. then it's, it's, you know, discrimination. So even if it's not, so that's, uh, well, you know, I'm a, I was a former therapist in my, my professional life and um i came up on what they call diagnostic and statistical manual four which is the bible of mental illnesses and they address mm -hmm. specifically transsexuals in there and and mm -hmm. it was not it was not judgmental it was meant to be helpful people that want to mutilate their bodies uh, and do these dramatic changes obviously are motivated by psychological forces in many cases that aren't healthy. And so the construction of, uh, of the concept was designed to help people. Mm. Now they've totally taken out. I believe they're on DSM-5R, and I haven't practiced in over 20 years. But, but, they, um, um, but it used to be a mental illness. They called it gender identity disorder. If you even sure. utter that today, I mean, they're going to get, they'll try to get you fired. They'll embarrass you publicly. And it's, it's incredible what's going on now, but they have nothing, uh, no consequences when they, let me just, and I don't know if you're seeing this in the airlines. I suspect you will in the mm -hmm. stimulus bill. If you're a farmer, you can apply for a loan and they'll give you an extra 20% from what you asked for. But you can't even mm -hmm. apply if you're white. Right. Um, yeah. and, and there are other uh, race exclusions for white people with federal programs now coming out of the Biden administration. And that's totally illegal under civil rights acts. Um, mm -hmm. Are you seeing anything like that or um, any hint of this with the airlines? This races, reverse racism is what I call it. Well, I mean, I recently just kind of returned to work, so... Um... I'm sure that that has taken place. I just firsthand haven't just from taking my CBT test and kind of the, what they're trying to ingrain in us and like um, have us uh, accept kind of their inclusiveness and they're pushing that whole thing, yes. Oh, and I was going to say that they also were handing out Black Lives Matter pens. 
for a crew to wear. I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> so I was like, that's, you know, just pushing their... You know, you know, if you really want to piss them off, you know what you do? You, you wear something dedicated to Martin Luther King, a person right. who was reasonable oh <laughs> in his approach to racism, you know. Mm -hmm. a man who or even got, wearing an American flag. Well, he affected change to the rule of law as opposed to burning down buildings, killing off-duty cops. All these things have happened from Antifa and Black Lives Matter, but somehow we ignore that. Yeah, I just, mm -hmm. I just shake my head at this stuff. And they want you to wear a pin from a terrorist organization funded by George Soros. Right, right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Fly the communist airlines. <laughs> Destination, mm -hmm. the next gulag. I, I, I just, yeah. I'm, I'm just amazed that this is happening. But, you know, listen, I, I'm not kidding. I will not fly. It's just not even in my thinking. I have to fly somewhere? Right, You're even. sorry. Not going to do it. Mm-hmm. I have to go Even to. Myself, uh, I'd rather drive. Yeah, I'm going to a new California function at the end of May. Um, it'd be easy to fly. It's a 16-hour drive. We're driving. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that's We're, the mission to start. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we drove to Texas because I'd rather drive than fly too. So. Because <laughs> you're. You know, and you work for the airlines, and and you get. I would imagine I you have travel benefits, right? Fly for free. Yeah, exactly. But you'd rather because drive. Rules that you're at their submit, you know, submit unto them. It's like no. So only when I go to work and and everything in me is like this is so wrong. This is so wrong to cover our identity and and this is just a submissiveness and I everything inside me is like this is evil. Um, yeah, and I think we're just seeing the beginning of it. Um, I know people mm -hmm. think it's dissipating across the country, and it is. But when you have the CDC director, like she did yesterday, come out and say, I have this feeling of impending doom, won't tell you what it's about. She just made the statement. And I thought, what are you trying to induce panic here? And I thought originally she was going to leverage this to, you better take your vaccine, and I won't be as afraid. Mm -hmm. But she didn't do that. She just left it open. I'm having pending doom. Um, okay, about what? What's coming? What do you know that we should know? Yeah, and just and I think it's only going to get worse, and our institutions are only going to get worse. I mean, people don't realize this. I mean, just your airlines are just a microcosm of society. We have totally turned into a totalitarian society. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I thought I was. Yeah, it's absolutely insane um, mm -hmm. across the board. And, and uh, you know, here in Arizona, we lifted the mask mandate. Um, mm. And I went into QT yesterday, which is, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's a really large and popular uh -uh. service uh, convenience center and a gas station. And mm. um, I'm looking around and I'm thinking, I'm the only person in this store right now, and there are probably 20 people in there. Oh, yeah. And I didn't have a mask on. And I thought, mm -hmm. I'm the only one. I'm waiting for the first person to tell me. No one told me. Right. But the sheep all wore their masks. Right. We don't have a mask mandate here. Never have. I never wear the mask. Only when I went to work. And I've never gotten sick. And, and same here. It's like people just 
you go everywhere and there's still, I'd say, 80% of people wearing one. It's like we don't even have a mask mandate. So why? Um, they just, I think a lot of it too is they are afraid of what other people might think or say to them. And it's like, no, yeah, you know, when you don't wear one, you empower others not to do, to wear one either. Group think. And, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, group think, exactly. It can just, work in reverse as well as so the negative. Yeah. I wanted to ask you this about your employees, and we kind of broached this, but people who you confide in that you work with, are people looking for other jobs because of this? Um, from what, well, I know another airline, I'm in a, a Facebook group. Um, they are, but they're not a mainline airline, um, and they don't make as much, so they can easily switch jobs and it wouldn't be much of a, um, but for mainline, because we, you know, make good money, um, if we've been flying there long enough, it's hard to replace that exact income. And so I would say mainline that majority are not looking, they're going to end up probably complying with all of the requirements just to maintain their job. Um, but I'd say that airlines are not mainline, the smaller that aren't making as much, they're the ones that are talking about, I'm leaving, I'm not staying, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. So um, so that's what I've observed. And uh, as far as, you know, people that are at the mainline are like hopeful about, oh, I can't wait until I can um, fly this destination. Or so they're like, looking to the future, like they're going to be here, uh, you know, a lengthy period of time. I feel like we have maybe a good year before they're going to require the vaccine for crew members. Yeah, I agree. You're not getting out of this without a vaccine. Right. Uh, I mean, um, the vaccine passport is in New York now, so it's going to be a matter of time before it's everywhere. Well, Biden rolled out the White House requirement. I don't know if you saw that or not. He's been working with big tech and and corporations behind the scenes to to do COVID passport monitoring. Well, from my understanding, once they get 75% of the population to vaccinate, at at that point, it'll be so easy to, like, then roll out and require that vaccine passport. But they need that many people to comply with the vaccine and take it. Yeah, because people aren't going to stand with you. Yeah, they're not going to stand with you if they've already taken the vaccine. Right. And at that point, it's, you know. Exactly. There's nothing more to say to them. It's already, they've already taken the shot, so. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, we've come to the end of this interview, and I want to really, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate you taking the risk to come on here. But, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard the tyranny that's encroaching over our country, and I don't think you need any better example than we had today. Unidentified employee, thank you so much for joining us, and good luck with, with your future challenges. Take care. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Dave.